Do you struggle with putting yourself first? Are you tired of feeling burnt out and overwhelmed from constantly putting the needs of others before your own? I have created a sacred space that will be available once a week for 10 weeks to learn, dive deep, and create your boundaries to boost your confidence and self-worthiness. Go to www.krista-luna.com and sign up for the Master Your Boundaries course starting in September 2023. And use the code PARANORMAL to get 30% off today on www.krista-luna.com. Check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to a very hot episode of Paranormal Normal. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal here, folks. Brutal. So if you see me sweating on camera, that's why. <laughs> well, that and chasing down the one of the dogs. But um, I'm your host, Jeremy, as always. Glad to be back once again. Well, sadly, after this one, I am taking a week off. Sorry, guys. I need a little break from this pod for a week. But don't worry. I got stuff lined up all the rest of July so and going into August. So no worries. Just <sighs> the boss man needs a week off to recuperate and edit. So, but welcome to the show where we try to make the world a little more normal. Does it ever happen? Mm, not usually. Not usually. But we try. We try. And as always, we have a guest to try with us. Oof. And that task has been put out today to Joe Ann Richards author of Midlife Magic, Paranormal Enthusiast, and just a badass woman overall. So <laughs> we're gonna roll with this and we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of different stuff to have a feeling. So great. First thing first, how you doing tonight, Joanne? I'm well. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh. My, fa- my favorite stuff to talk about. It should be everybody's favorite stuff to talk about. <laughs> then the government wouldn't be able to hide stuff from us. Really? Just saying, people. But <laughs> but of course, the first question I ask everybody in the show, as all my listeners know, what got you into the paranormal world? Ah, okay. Well, that is an easy question. Well, you. <laughs> Year, years ago, um, I was married to a funeral director, and I started singing at a lot of the funerals he was doing and just going with him to some of the funerals, and I noticed that I could feel the spirit of the deceased person at the funeral. And then I forgot I could do that until years later. um, I met my last husband and 
I started do, going places where there were, you know, ghost activity because I had a little newspaper and I was writing about, you know, cool places to go see. And one of them was the Hornet aircraft carrier that's now a museum in Alameda, California. And it's famously haunted, but there's, you know, you go on there and I had a tour with a psychic and you could just tell there's spirits all over the place. And I actually had my first sighting. I was climbing up a ladder and we were going to a different part. And there was a spirit peeking behind, you know, peeking out from behind this column. And so I going, whoa. <laughs> so that, you know, that really got me going. Once I listened to her talk about the subject and then you can feel the spirits and you can even see, you know, I know some people can see their body like they were when they were alive. I can't do that, but I can see their shadows and sense their presence. So after that, I was all in. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So, all right. And before I, well, actually, let me. So that was when you first started seeing spirits. You never saw them when you were a kid or anything by chance? I did not. No. And and if I did, I didn't know, but I I, I distinctly remember the feeling when I started doing funerals. Well, I mean, funerals, a lot of people after funerals, the deceased are always, a lot of them are confused. They don't know where they're going. Right. And they don't know why they're, I mean, they see their own body in a coffin. They probably start flipping out for all I can imagine. So, I mean, it makes sense. That's where you would see them. A hundred percent makes sense. Right. But, and, the, you know, I, I've always believed the spirits hang out for a while before they move on, unless they don't move on. But, um, yeah, you know. that's, yeah, a lot, a lot of them don't move on. That's the ones in my house. But, <laughs> but I mean, uh, it's, yeah, a lot of them don't move on right away. They need to, no. I, I've and, interviewed a lot, I've interviewed a lot of people on the show who show spirits the door to move on. Oh, so. okay. Well, on the Hornet aircraft carrier, and if, you know, I, I, I haven't been there in a while, but, and they kept remodeling it over the years. Um, and it's a very, you know, it's a history museum, but it's really well known for its ghosts. So I was on there the first time with a psychic and we came across, and, and it's known for uh, maybe sailors, Navy people who had served on that ship or who just really wanted to hang out there after they passed. And, I, you know, I've been on there with two different psychics and I can feel the different spirits. We've come across some very confusing ones. I've also, my father-in-law's spirit is always there with me when I'm there. And I always feel him on the flight deck, which is really cool. It's clearly, I could feel him and the two different psychics could see him. So that, that was always pretty cool. And one of the psychics I was with, well, she's a trance medium. We were... I don't think we were by the medical bay, but we were, you know, walking along the different hallways and there was a young man who had been killed on the ship by an alien and he had not left the ship yet. And he was total distress. So she, I could feel him there, but she was talking to him and, and then she got him, you know, she invited his dad in and then got him to move along. (laughs) But um, yeah, some people, it's hard for them to go. One thing. Did I, say, did I say the A word? <laughs> you did, and I'm kind of cu- I'm kind of curious now because <laughs> that's not just something you lo- you like just throw into a sentence and for everybody to be like, oh, okay. Like, like, uh, well, I do, but <laughs> yeah, it's the Hornet. 
It's a famous World War II aircraft carrier. It also, when it was officially decommissioned, it was used by intelligence forces for different missions, obviously, that were top secret. And there had been some alien conflicts on that ship. And even before the ones that I knew about, because this this sailor was from, I don't know if he was, you know, there like in the 40s or 50s, but clearly before even some of the, the conflict that I know, I know about some conflict that happened there in the later 70s. And he had been there before that. So there's there's been alien activity on that ship. The, the, really? the museum people will not tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of, course, of, course, of course not. They would they lose all their government funding. but Probably. But they're so, good with the ghosts. The USS Hornet had yeah. alien contact during World War II, was it? Well, I don't I know. Well, I'm not sure when this, the particular sailor, I'm not sure when he was on there. I know that in the 70s, my father-in-law and my ex-husband, his son, they hadn't been involved with a, a, some operations and some aliens, you know, I think they went back to the ship after, and the aliens came on board with them and they had like a fight with the aliens on the ship. And I, I remember the first time I was there, uh, my ex had said, okay, see if there's, if, see what you can sense when you go near the medical bay. Cause the medical bay wasn't open yet to tourists. Cause they hadn't, you know, cleaned it out and, you know, gotten rid of the weird energy. But I could touch or, you know, touch the door and then you'd have to pull back because you could definitely feel the negative, definitely negative energy. So there was some bad stuff that had gone on there. Very violent stuff. And uh, yeah. Okay. Now you have me, now you're going to have me on a quest for the next week when I'm off to find someone who was on the USS Hornet to freaking talk to. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, that is my mission the next week because I swear to God I want to find somebody. But all right, well, let me. God, I don't. Even, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I am mind blown. But um, any. I I have a report that I um was selling through my nonprofit that goes into more detail on that. If you're interested. Well, <laughs> I was actually going to ask you for a little more detail because I mean. Do we know what kind of extraterrestrials it was by chance? Yeah, actually, um, they were a form. Have you seen Jurassic World? The, the mm -hmm. Velociraptors in Jurassic World? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, not everybody's seen the movie, but it's one of my favorite movies. Um, they were a faction of that, a, a Velociraptor type alien. Really? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's. I mean, reptiles are one of the not species. Um, reptiles are one, of the, are one of the kingdoms that I mean, or not kingdoms, but you know what I mean. I freaking can't think right now. But uh, um, my mind's so blown, I can't think, people. But um, rep, 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 reptiles are one of the known similar types of beings to be extraterrestrials as well as well as insects and amphibians so right and and the 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 kind of aliens that i know the most about i know about several but the kind i know the most about and i talk a lot about are the raptors and they descended from dinosaurs and they still look like dinosaurs today so jurassic world is pretty realistic so yeah i mean uh 
And there is, you know, there's a, a friendly faction that works with our military, but there were some unfriendly factions back in, I think that was 1976 that that happened. And there was a whole, I don't know if you've heard of, you know, down in the Antarctic, the Nazi base and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, there was a whole operation where these bad negative aliens were working with the Nazis who were down at their base there and they wanted to start taking over the world. And, you know, it became a battle and my father-in-law was there and, and then it ended up coming back to the Hornet and some of the aliens came back onto the Hornet with them. And there was another battle. Okay. All I can say this is one, (laughs) if there's one type of extraterrestrial I don't want to meet, it's freaking Velociraptors, because come on. Anybody who's seen Jurassic Park knows you don't fuck with the Velociraptors. Right, but, right, right. <laughs> but I mean... But they're really cool. Oh, but don't, I, don't piss them uh, off, but they are really cool. I'm sure. It's just, I mean, this is unusual, because we usually hear about greys, reptilians, Norse, I mean, even, Pala- even, even Palladians. The Palladians, and, right. The Palladians are cool. But I mean, we usually don't hear about I usually don't hear about, like, besides reptilians, you usually don't hear about, like, reptile class extraterrestrials. Well, they're, reptilian is, like, the umbrella term, obviously, because there's some, the raptors originated here on Earth, and then there's several, the, and, and, there are several that originated in space. The raptors I know about originated here on Earth. They're warm-blooded. They're, like, 20 genetic markers different than us. They're, cousins we could say or distant cousins or some different distant relative uh, they they were on the earth and the moon and mars when the, an asteroid hit the planet 65 million years ago while the raptors that i talk about mostly had left the planet to colonize space so the ones that were left here and that survived that asteroid they are now um, very negative they walk upright if you're if you don't get too close to them, they look like a person walking. They look very humanoid. They don't have their tails. They don't have the long snout. Um, they look very human unless you get close and see their teeth and their three toes. I would imagine, but um, <laughs> but they're still reptilian under underneath, and they're involved with a lot of kidnappings and terrorist activities. Okay, um, I. I, <laughs> if I, if I was to say right now that I know what I want to say, even with, I'd be lying. But, <laughs> and we, but, we could uh, go back to the ghosts, but. Well, um, no, no, God, no, no, no. This is way better than ghosts <laughs> So. Okay. And I, I don't get episodes like this often, so we're sticking with this for a while. But when you say they originated from Earth. Right. They, did, they, did they descended from dinosaurs. So they evolved eventually. Did right. they evolve, or was there outside influence to make them more intelligent? I don't have the definitive answer on that. I'm assuming they were just intelligent. But, um, you know, there are some, there are definitely dinosaur species that, you know, it look like the velociraptor. Some of the older species that, you know, you'll see illustrations with kind of feathery things. Um, yeah. And I've never seen one in person, but my ex used to work with them regularly in the military. Um, anyway, so, and, and they don't fly or anything, but um, they're, they have beautiful colored leathery skin, if you want to call it skin, and tails, and they look really just like what you see in Jurassic World, and since 1952, they've been working with our, 
our military to help us um, defend the planet against our enemies. And um, they're very intelligent now. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming they were intelligent then, but they're very intelligent. They very educated. They have a political structure. Their main empire is out in space now. They're run by a female empress. You know, they have they're very strong family bonds. They're very spiritual. What year did you say? Because I'm that's what I'm kind of like stuck on. Uh, what year did they start working with our military? Yeah, 1952. My father-in-law met them. Okay, I mean, okay. Well, let me phrase it with this because I. Okay. <laughs> I am a huge proponent and big believer in living dinosaurs to begin with. Cool. I mean, between sea slash lake slash water monsters uh-huh. and between Macaulay and Bembe and Thunderbirds and the wait a minute. I've been talking about this for a year and I'm, no one's ever going to be able to talk about it really. But in Peru, I believe it is, there is a tribe that worships these velociraptor-like creatures that live in the forest oh really yeah oh that's cool and i mean the natives say they worship these creatures so i mean i it's one of the proofs of living dinosaurs and i'm a big believer in the hollow cave system and hollow earth and antarctica secret base i'm a believer in all that stuff and i think that the dinosaurs went underground the ones that were smart enough to survive and and it's interesting because, um, like I said, the raptors have a huge empire out in space, but they have they have several bases here. So and especially before COVID, you know, they had lots of lots of them here at their bases. Um, they left during COVID, but they might be coming back. I'm not sure. I hope so. And they they want to work with humans. It's like you know, I never saw the show Dinotopia. But I have the illustrate. I've seen different illustrations. I go, oh, that is fabulous, and you know, and it's like, and here's here's where I go. It's like I was, I you know, I I believe in all this stuff, and I want positive interaction with many alien species. And I, I saw a house for sale in England when I was there once. It's like I want that. I didn't obviously didn't buy it, but I want that house. It's big enough. There's fields. We could have a big. There's a big garden. I want. The aliens to come and have tea and you know it's like yeah you know, that's my dream they, they can land over there and you know you can have your horses here and we can all sit around in the garden and have tea and chat and you know talk about our different societies so it doesn't have to all be awful and awful <laughs> i mean i forget who it was i want to say it was um the guy in the wheelchair i'm sorry i can't remember your name right now but um Oh my God! How am I forgetting his name? But um, the scientist. Yeah. Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Okay. I think it was him who said that extraterrestrials are only coming to Earth for two reasons: <laughs> to, to destroy us or conquer us. There's no other reason they'd come in here. Like, like they either want the planet or they want to just destroy us because that's their nature. But I mean, just like humans, though, I believe there are good and bad extraterrestrials. I've heard enough stories of both, but. I mean, there, there are many who would like to come here and conquer us, and for and it's it's in a perfect location in space for like bouncing off points if they have to if they're going somewhere else. So it's a very um, and aliens like to come here for vacation and they like to explore and study what's going on here. 
the raptors that I talk about a lot, and even the reptoids, because they originated here as well, this is their home world. So they love this planet and want to protect it. Now, the raptors are willing to work with us to help us, you know, keep it pr protected from outside bad influences or sources or invading invading species. The reptoids just want to take over. They don't care who they have to hurt to do it. Well, those I'm assuming would be the typical reptilians that everybody pictures where they basically look like they, they, they look like lizards. They look like um some do, some don't. Um I mean, so I assume but see, <laughs> this just proves that living dinosaurs are real even more. I love that. And I would love for you to send me the link or the information for that tribe in Peru. Because even even the raptors... I have nothing on them. I, I oh, have okay. no... I, I've heard it, but okay. I have, I've, I've heard like tell of it, but I never actually have seen like an, art, like an actual article. But okay, I'm, I think it's oh. Peru. It could be Argentina. I'm not absolutely 100% sure. I always forget the country. Well, Argentina would be pretty accurate <laughs> um i i would i would definitely believe there are some raptors running around in argentina um but even even you know hundreds i don't know thousands of years ago i mean they used to be running around south america i mean they used to have the raptors had you know members of their society all over the place before they had to leave the planet. So I think, especially in South America and Central America, it's like you will find structures and pictures and images of dinosaur lizard looking things that, you know, they know about. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I mean, what do you think about though the whole idea that the reptilians built an underground city in LA? Well, again, reptilians is the umbrella term for many types of reptilian species. So I never just put them all in one bucket because I believe, I believe this specific type of reptilian is called um, Saurian or Sauron, something like that. Like they have a, Oh, I, if I'm not, yeah, I, I, I have, I don't know. I, I, nothing would surprise me. I know there are underground bases down there. Um, I, I don't know exactly who runs what. You know, there's there's things off the coast near Catalina underwater. There's all kinds of weird stuff, you know, under Disneyland. You know, there could be stuff anywhere. So. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, there has been a lot of reported UFO sightings from way, where they fly into or out of the water. Right. Especially the, especially the ocean on the West Coast. So, I mean. Exactly. Because they have bases underwater. Which, which, I mean, it's believable, especially if they are reptilian in nature, because most reptiles can stand water to some degree. So, and, yeah, and like the raptors, for example, I think most of their their bases that I know about are underground. Um, but, you know, one thing that I like about them, too, is that they're very environmentally friendly. And they build things in a very, it's like they don't build a manufacturing plant. They might manufacture things off planet and bring it here but they they don't they build things in such a way where it's not going to destroy the environment well that's good. that's good at least because we're already doing that to a I know. It's like, yeah they're not real happy with us <laughs> what with, with how our weather's been lately i think we're pretty much already doing that to ourselves at this point but um yeah yeah so is that how you got into ufos and aliens was your um my father ex. your oh, my I 
Uh, well, I think your again, we go back to the ghost things. Since my father-in-law passed six months before I met my ex, and I, I do talk to my father-in-law now through a channeling medium. So he and I have become very good friends. So, but I did learn about the UFOs and the aliens from the ex because that's what he and his dad did in the military. Oof, I, I still got to get some military guys in here. I've had a couple, but none of them are ever willing to talk about that. <laughs> I got to yeah. find one. I got to find one who doesn't care if he gets uh them looking after him or something like that but well there's there's some navy guys now and i've i've heard him speak at a few ufo conferences and i've met them in person and one wrote a book but there's a tic-tac incident i guess it's called tic yeah tic-tac yeah the tic-tac yeah thank you so you know those guys at least one or two of them when i when i saw them in person there were four you know but there's usually at least two or three that go to different conferences and and give talks so um i'm sure it will i don't I'm not going to speak for them, but they're really good. Their, their story is very interesting. And it's like, it's, it's really wonderful to actually hear somebody be able to talk about their experience. Cause most of the time the stuff my ex did was all top secret. And he's only been able to share a, a minute portion of what he actually did. And, you know, the military was monitoring what he was telling me. So. Uh, well, that's, I mean, I'm not telling anything. I'm not disclosing any top secrets. Oh. I mean, I haven't, you know, broken any secrecy oaths or anything like that. So. Well, I mean, I wish you did. <laughs> but I mean, for your safety, I'm happy you did. Yeah, but. No. I, I've, I've had people following me around enough. It's like I, I know enough to share some good stories and some good information, but I don't need to put my life in danger. Respectable. Really is. <laughs> <laughs> but so... Let me ask you this. Um, sure. Have you have you ever actually met a, have you had any experiences with extraterrestrials yourself? No, because back in 1961, there was a conference between humans and ETs in England. And my father-in-law was running, he helped organize it and he ran security for it. And my X was there as a little boy. And so there were lots of aliens there. But at that conference, part of the treaty that they came up with or agreed on was a ban on civilian communication for 50 years. And so then when Kate and William got married in 2011, they renewed that treaty. So there's there's a, a ban on open communication between civilians and aliens that doesn't well, mean it doesn't happen but you know i don't want them to get in trouble i don't want to get thrown in prison I, you know i don't i don't want any trouble i was gonna say tell that to travis walton but <laughs> yeah, that, that you know i don't he didn't uh, yeah he didn't his experience wasn't by choice <laughs> a, a lot of them aren't from what from what i've been to, from what i've heard i mean a lot of right. them are not by choice i mean a lot of people are driving in their cars like right I mean, well i mean i think i think barney and betty hill were before that tree was signed even right. but I mean, a lot of them are like Barney Betty Hill and they're driving their cars and all of a sudden your car right. stops and right. something's in front of your car pulling you up. So, I mean, not much you can do about that. But I, 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 they... I've, Yeah, I've had personal UFO sightings, but I've never had an alien standing in front of me, no. Oh, I mean. That's no. why I want to have them come to tea. <laughs> Most of us are not lucky enough to have uh, aliens sitting in front of us because, I mean, that'd be my dream. 
Well, right. maybe. <laughs> I, mean, I want friendly ones because there's a lot of friendly ones. You know, there's cats and dogs and little insects and the cool raptors. And there's, there's several friendly, friendly ones. Wait a minute. Mammal <laughs> aliens? That's something I haven't heard of. There are cat species, several kinds. There are some dog species. Well, I only know about one dog species. I know about two cat species. And there's some different kinds of insect species. Oh, and I mean, there's 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 all kinds of species. There are hundreds of species out there. I mean, well, insect insect looking extraterrestrials have been hypothesized for a long time, regardless, because insects can survive anything. So, right. I mean, but the cat, I've never heard much about mammals besides you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Thank you for all the fish. Like that's all I ever heard about the mammals. There's there's one. Um, my ex had a first contact with this one species when he had to go out in space for a mission and they're like nine feet tall their home world out there is like inside of a sphere that just stays in place and i don't know oh, their their name is long and almost french sounding so i can't really pronounce it without looking at it carefully but anyway they like to dye their fur different colors different patterns they speak uh, telepathically and they hum and they sing and they're very wonderful sounding creatures and when they outstretch their arms they actually have wings so they're pretty cool and after that mission a few of them came back to earth with him and apparently there's some kind of alien embassy off the coast of south america somewhere so another good reason why people might see dinosaurs running around down there um, there's another species that I heard of that look like a panther, and part of their Latin name is a is panther, panthera, something. And you know they walk, they can walk upright. So if they're in a cloak and you're seeing them from a distance, you might think it's a human coming towards you, but they look like a big cat, and they have litters of kittens, and and they're scientists and artists and explorers and things. So they don't, they can defend themselves, but they're very friendly, and they come to Earth to study and to see where their species have, you know, come here before and stuff. So. I'm getting such Star Wars vibes right now. And I am so happy about that. <laughs> just saying, just saying, but, um, you know, and, and this is, this is a fun thing. Um, as the more I got to know about this kind of stuff and I was asking the ex, I said, okay, you know, in Star Wars, they go to that bar and, and I go, are there things like that? And he said, yeah, because there's, you know, stations out there and just there's there's so many things because the military, you know, they talk to the movie producers and they leak information so that then the civilians can, you know, have a glimpse of what's, you know, really real and and just telling it through good stories. So there's a lot of aspects probably in star wars that are true you heard it here first folks george lucas <laughs> talked to the military to get alien secrets to make star wars and god i hope that's true god i, I hope that's true because that will i had i am friends with so many podcasters and other podcasts among the hate star wars and oh. i this would bring star wars to legitimacy just saying just saying. Well, even because my husband, well, ex, remembers, you know, they were good friends with, like, for the Star Trek production people. And, you know, the military oh. were good friends with Gene. Well, that was before Star Wars. So, you know, yeah, it was. that's when yeah, I was, was little. 
So Gene but, Roddenberry and stuff. So they were also feeding him information as well. So, well, I mean, as we say in a lot of podcasts, just because it came first doesn't mean it's best. But, I know, <laughs> I, I know, and I used to be a film student, so I understand the, you know, the the production quality from Star Trek to Star Wars is way different. So, oh god, oh god, yeah. I mean, I I love both personally, but I yeah. just, but I mean, I grew up with Star Trek, and I did see several of the Star Wars movies, but not all of them. Okay, well, you're missing out. You should see all of them. But I, oh. I probably should. My grandchildren just roll their eyes at me. <gasps> okay, well, the newest ones you can take or leave. Just my, my personal opinion. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the book you wrote, Midlife Magic. I'm kind of, sure. I'm kind of curious about it because I, I as as much as I've done 160, actually like 170, 180 recordings of this show, uh-huh. um, and. Magic is not something that comes up as often as I ever thought it would when I started this podcast. I thought it would come up a lot more often than it does. So magic fascinates me to no degree because... Here's the cover. Ta-da! Yes, um, and if anybody sees the thumbnail on YouTube or on the preview of tonight's episode, that's on there as well. Oh, good. Very good. So it's kind of a twofold book. In my 40s is when I met the the current ex and before him there were six other husbands so jesus i i know <laughs> i know i was trying to break a record with liz taylor what can i say no not not, not really but yeah that's kind of my uh my whatever um and anyway it's like part of the book talks about my childhood it talks about being a mormon for 30 years and now i'm not it talks about how I just started getting married. I was trying to find, you know, the perfect guy to have the perfect family. And, and you can't, you know, you're not supposed to be having sex before marriage. So, you know, you just get married. Anyway, I just kept getting married. And I have one daughter who's grown and I have three grandchildren. But so half of the book is about the first six. And my, my daughter's dad committed suicide, but I wouldn't class him as one of the loser husbands. But I mean, anyway, but, you know, the first half of the book is about the loser husbands. And then I've got a few chapters on how I met the ex, all this cool stuff he introduced me to. And he's in prison. So it's like, what is it like being married to somebody in prison? And just what does that look like? And then the other half of the book is, you know, my own UFO sightings and my own paranormal experiences and what I think and believe about elementals and the fairy realm and how I got into my magic practice. And for me, magic is just honoring the earth and creating the best life for yourself. And it just magic happens. I don't, you know, I don't have fireworks. I don't have, I don't blow anything up or, you know, it's not, it's mine is very simple and quiet and it works. It's not Harry Potter style magic. No, but I had my Hogwarts T-shirt on earlier today. I'm thinking, should I wear that for the interview? I almost did, but I thought I should look a little more professional. Man, you, 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 I'm wearing a freaking Deadpool T-shirt. You could wear a Harry Potter T-shirt. Come on. I almost did. My, my friend gave me a Hogwarts T-shirt. It's like, oh yeah, I like this. Um, so anyway, the the book talks about you know how how I've recreated myself. And it was in my midlife when that happened. And now because I'm divorced again, I'm recreate, you know, I'm continuing to recreate myself because I don't feel, I feel like it doesn't matter how old you are. You can always change your life for the better if you need to, and you can always change your path. So I found some really cool paths and I've had some very spiritual, magical experiences with nature and, 
and you know mother nature's animals and things and and the fairy realm and it's just an important part of my life which okay and, and I'll, let me i'll just finish sorry i'll finish one thing and and now what i'm doing is like i'm finding the inner intersections because there's a lot of aliens that are spiritual and the the witchy stuff and the elementals it's all very spiritual and they all we all love mother earth so that's kind of where i'm going now right on right on okay well a lot to break down from that <laughs> a lot to break down but first things first um, sure. it's actually it's actually funny we did a cults bracket on um this show uh-huh. And I, and another show I do. Um, and the FLDS actually won on one of the shows. The who? The FLDS, the church, the uh, the, the Latter Day Saints, the right, right, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. So the Mormon thing kind of fascinates me because Mormons won a cult bracket basically that we did, and they they beat out Charles Manson and a lot of other oh really cults. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I never had a problem with the church. My daughter sees it as a cult, which is fine. Um, I never had a problem with it. It just all of a sudden it no longer I no longer needed it, and I went a different direction. And some of my good friends are still Mormons, and they also believe in UFOs, so it's all good. But you know, oh, I, mean, I don't I don't spend my time anguishing over the church and trying to tell people to leave it. I have found enough people on my own, especially at UFO conferences who are recovering Mormons. And <laughs> well, I mean, funny enough, because I mean, uh, I mean, if you're going to believe in Joseph Smith, you're going to believe in, you can believe in aliens because that story is just as outrageous as aliens can be. And, and so. as I've learned, as years went by, Joseph Smith was probably talking to aliens. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, angels, aliens, they've been, yep. They've been confused and they've been combined multiple, multiple times in the history of Earth. So, I mean, the Bible itself is just, the right. Christian Bible is just full of, a lot of people believe that all the aliens, I mean, um, all the angels they met in it are just extraterrestrials. Or right. Same with all the old gods from all the ancient civilizations. So, I mean. And, you know, yeah, I, I agree. And one thing that I learned uh, through the ex's writings, because he was writing about, the panther cat species, for example, and she would come to the planet. She was a archaeologist, so she would do a lot of digs and stuff, and she would study historical sites. And you know what came up in the, that report that that was a part of was like, you know, a lot of aliens came here, and the way they could control you is to get you to think they are a god or that they are god. You know, it's like, okay. And the funny thing is too, it's like. All the major churches know about the alien stuff, and a lot of them have helped the military when it comes to the alien stuff. So it's all just mixed up. I mean, it's all combined, and you know, it's not that big of a secret if you know who to talk to. I mean, it makes sense. I, I mean, well, I gotta ask: <laughs> Does the panther or extraterrestrial when she goes on digs just use her claws, or? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, they probably have tools. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if they use mechanical tools. But, uh, I mean, um, I, I assume with extraterrestrials, they have way more advanced technology to do digs than we do. But. Probably. And there's, there's a cool, like, there's these giant, they're called war beetles, but there's these giant beetles, um, and 
at least one of them that was really good friends with that particular cat, you know, it's like they can dig things really fast. So they, they have the, and, but when you're doing archeology, span you also need to be very careful, you know, and, yeah. and, and go slow because you don't want to not find something and you want to not break it. Yeah. I mean, it, make, it makes sense. I was just being a wise ass. But. It's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. She says, I, I want to have tea with her too. The countess. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this though: the the okay. sect of Mormon, the sect of Mormon that you were in, is that one of the ones that does polygamy or no? No, that's the polygamy one. Is the FLDS? They're, they oh, okay. like they. I know they have some people because I've met them in Salt Lake City, and then they had a big community in. Uh, it wasn't in Utah. It was just over the border in Arizona, like in I don't know where it's called. Um, yeah. It's in my book because <laughs> it's in my book because one of my exes wanted to be a polygamist. I mean, and so we went and visited the the colony that's in Arizona. But yeah, no, I was the mainstream Mormon stuff. Okay, I mean, I mean, every man wants to be a polygamist until they realize they deal with that many wives, and then it's just like, okay, yeah, no, 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 I got one. One's enough. <laughs> Thank you, please. I, I I couldn't deal with more than one. But I, I understand the concept and it, a lot of it has merit because then you could help each other. But, you know, there's a lot of flaws and, you know, it's just we're all we're human and human nature kind of. takes. I mean, over. I think I think Big Love, that HBO show that right. came out in the early 2000s, kind of construed everybody's imagination about what Mormons are. Like, I think it really just messed everybody's heads and like told like. I grew up thinking that all Mormons were polygamists until I was oh, corrected like a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. The mainstream nah, Mormons. And, and, and again, you know, this is the part I don't know. It's like if any of the, the Mormon high up leaders are, it's not that you're going to know that publicly. Um, no, I mean, I'm sure I, they don't, they don't all live in cul-de-sacs with their wives living in the cul Every wife have their own house in the cul-de-sac. I mean, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm, pr I'm pretty sure most normal Mormons don't have that much money just like everybody else. But so yeah, yeah, but no, but, I was I was mainstream. All right. Well, you mentioned elementals and fairies, which yes, another one of my favorite topics because oh, cool. I lo I love the idea of the fae. I oh, cool. love it. Like, and actually, the only conversation I really had ever about the elementals was with someone from the UK, which. I mean, if there's elementals and fairies anywhere, it's the UK. Like, we all know, we all know that. <laughs> yes, they're everywhere. They're even in space. And several alien species have their own elementals that are with them. Oh. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fairies and I've been... Are, they're everywhere. Space? Oh, yeah. David, David Bowie's in space, finally? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, I, I was living in California for a long time. I had fairies at our property. And elementals is the umbrella term. So you've got fairies, sprites, brownies, gnomes, trolls, all kinds of things. And they, they have certain different kind of different functions and probably different looks. Again, I could never see them in full physical form. They're usually you stay as an energy being, yeah. but um, I could feel them. Sometimes I could see them flitting about from the corner of my eye. I would lose things around my house because they were playing tricks on me. And then I would find them when I asked them really, 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 really nicely. And when I would go to England to speak, I would take some, some would go with me 
you know, I had a little basket prepared and they would go with me and they'd go running about meeting the fairies at the different places I was going to. And I've got some lovely photos of their energy orbs, like in different rooms we've been in. And one of my favorite, and this is in the book, I was at Warwick Castle and there's a kind of a dark hallway that overlooks the great hall. And so I knew I had to go through the hall to get the other place I was going. And I just, I knew there were fairies in there. And when you see the picture, it's almost like they're running ahead to meet their friends. And I'm just taking pictures of the dark hallway. But when the picture comes out, then you can see the orbs. Um, so it, it's pretty cool. I, I love it. And and I, I treat them like they're a member of the family. I've got two different fairy house bedrooms in my apartment here. I had them all over the house in California. I put treats out for them. You know, at least I try to, unlike yeah. the full and new moon, and I hit or miss on the quarter moons. But, you know, they're, and, and again, they love Mother Earth, and they offer a lot of guidance, and they're wonderful, magical beings, and they do get pissy with us when we mistreat the planet. I can assume. And, I mean, <laughs> it's funny, because it's, it's funny, because I've yet to see any proof that any of these things exist. But I believe wholeheartedly they do. I, I mean, how could they not? There exactly. Are so many, there are so many stories written about them, and they're in every they're in every what now is a fairy tale. Like they weren't fairy tales originally; they were horror tales originally. But right. they're in every they're in every original horror fairy tale. So, well, I have two examples, and one one night I was sitting. Before I think I'd actually, I hadn't moved into the house in California and it's a house where my ex grew up. So it had always had like fairy magic there, but I was sitting there um, with a, my psychic friend and we're sitting on the outside patio, just talking and drinking a little bit, not, you know, not much. And then, but you kind of get in that, not drunk state, but you kind of get in a sleepy alter, you know altered state where you're just kind of dozy and there's yeah. this bush and it's kind of a, it's a palm. It's not a palm tree, but it's a palm bush. But I looked over there and in my mind's eye, I could see the most beautiful face. And I just knew it was like a fairy queen or whatever. And it turns out, you know, she was like the fairy that ran the garden on the property. And that was just so magical. And then there was another time when I was just watering the plants and I go, oh, there goes a little butterfly. And I'm looking, I go, that little butterfly has human legs. <laughs> and I had, you know, I had caught one unawares on one of the flowers and it flew away and it hadn't gone back into orb form or energy form before I could, you know, not see it. And it was so fun. And there was another time I remember I was working downstairs and I had security cameras at the house and I, I had my phone on so that I could just watch the feed for a while because it would often go on like on the uphill side of the house by the front door. Cause they, you know, spiders and moths, but sometimes the fairies would just like to go and show off. And then I actually saw one actually starting to turn into human form. And, and then I'm going running upstairs to see it. And then it was gone, of course, but it, you know, it hadn't expected me to be looking and it's like, Oh my gosh, it's changing. <laughs> And then it was it was gone. But it was like I have had these fun experiences, so I, I know it's real. You know, and just like a ghost, I can feel that they're there. And you know, I talk to them as if you know they're my cats or my front best friend, and you know, anyway, just part of my life. <laughs> I I mean I I would love to see one personally. I would, I really would. I mean, because 
I I personally want to go into a uh, fairy circle and go party oh, and go oh. and, and I, I want to go party for like five days and not realize it. Uh, it's it's. I, have you ever seen a fairy circle? Oh God no, God no. Oh okay. Well, I mean, they're not totally uncommon. And if you're out in the woods and you see like a ring of mushrooms, that's a fairy circle. And I'll tell you, one of the times I was in England, uh, we went out to one of the, the Queen's estates in Norfolk, it's Sandringham Estate. Um, and, you know, the, the, the house is over here and there's a huge lawn. And so we walked from the house in the garden around to where some of her corgis were buried. And then you keep walking to a part of the, the lawn. And it's like, there's the biggest fairy circle I've ever seen. It's just like a small, you know, do, anyway, it was just so magical. And not everybody knows that's what it is when they see them. But it's like, it was just, it was wonderful. So, well, and you know, I if mean, you start leaving them treats, they'll probably start showing up for you. <laughs> well, my kids leave enough food around, so I mean, they, 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 have, they, they have plenty of treats laying around. I'm sure of that. My 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 kids leave freaking candy and lollipops and all that shit around all the time. So, uh -huh. and, wait, and, wait, and, 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 and and cups of milk, which I I believe is like a fairy's best thing. So. Oh well, it put you know, or you know, once or twice a year, you might put them out some mead or some wine or you know, but they love chocolate. So, you know, put, okay. a, you know Three, put a specific plate out for them on the full moon or the new moon. And, and you know. Okay. Uh, well, those are three things I don't like to waste. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Well, just, I mean, they they don't eat much. They're small. So just a teeny bit. I share my chocolate right. and I just I'll give try. them a teeny bit. I'll, I'll buy my damn, I'll buy, I'll buy my damn Hershey bar. I don't care. It's like a dollar. Well, but you don't, have, they don't need the whole thing. But I mean, I have come out like the next day and seen little track marks in the chocolate. I don't always, and you're not going to see a big bite because usually they're just like licking the sugar off of it, but then don't eat it yourself after they're done. But, um, you know, they'll, they'll take the energy, they'll take the sugar energy out of there and leave. Well, cause then it probably, my, my ex says it will taste like cardboard once they've sucked the uh -huh. sugar out. So don't eat. I never eat it afterwards, but I just I just leave them a tiny bit, you know, or even oh. a little bit of a cookie, you know. Then you eat the rest. <laughs> right, they don't they don't need lots. They just want to be. Uh, I mean, they want to be honored. I mean, there are woods behind my house, so I imagine there's got to oh. be some in there. There's got to be some in there somewhere. I imagine. Probably yes. But, so just be I open like to it. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping all this stuff That's it just great. never happens to me. It never happens to me, but... um. Well, you so, know, you can just be grateful that they're there and it might start happening. Well, I, since you do practice magic to some degree, I want to talk about, because I love bringing this subject up with anybody who's a magic practitioner. I love talk dark magic. I don't deal with that. Well, I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you don't, but I mean... But no, I can't find anybody who does because they don't want to be known. But, oh, oh. But I, um, it exists, does it not? It, it does because because magic, you know, you can. I uh, there's there's a when she was alive, she was a very powerful witch, and I I, I talked to her like I talked to my ex's dad um, on the other side. And I know she could do both, you know, good or bad. And I, I can see the point in, you know, if you have to protect yourself and use a little violence to do it, you know, you might need to do that. Um, if you're in mortal danger, you're going to use everything you can to, to protect yourself. Um, 
so there's some some witches who choose to only do the light and you know i don't know how to do dark anyway but it's like so but sometimes i just i it's like i'll i'll wish bad you know i'm thinking oh i wish something like you know wish something would happen to that person but i have to be careful of having those kind of thoughts because i don't want to get sucked into you know maybe putting my intention on that so all right i mean it, it makes sense honestly and i mean I mean, if I, if I had dark magic, freaking I'd use it. But um, <laughs> just me. I uh, there's a lot of things in life I like to have I don't have, and I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if dark magic can even reproduce money, but if it can, I kind of need to learn how to use it. But <laughs> but you don't need dark magic to have more abundance. Yeah, I know manifestation could supposedly do it as well, but I mean, yes, I I, I never had luck. I never had much luck with manifestation. I really just never did. Like it would never. One of those things that worked for me every time or anything like that. Like it just didn't. <laughs> so. Yeah. you know, okay. and, it, and it works. Um, you, you're supposed to, it's like, you know, you still might ask for it, but you also need to understand that, you know, what's in your best, highest good. It's like the universe might not provide it if it's not in your best interest. Oh yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. And if so, then they're doing a good job so far, I guess. But <laughs> But, but I do, I do believe in manifestation. I do believe in having a gratitude practice. I do believe in setting intentions for what I want. And and I can say it, it's it's worked. Maybe not every time, but it's worked. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. How how has your life changed since you've learned about all this extraterrestrial activity and all this magic? How has it changed? I, I well, it for certainly has broadened my horizons. And you know, I grew up in the 50s where you're watching the Martian movies that are fun, but it's like, okay. And but I never knew any of that existed. I thought, okay, well, that's that's a good Hollywood film, and it scared me to death. Um, but then I forgot all about it. So I and and even though the church knows all about this stuff it's not something they're going to preach because they want to keep you in the little box so okay. I've, I've definitely jumped out of the box um i believe in lots of things and i i'm creating the you know the kind of life i want i i have a good i mean i i'm self-employed so i have a thriving business and you know, I work hard and I believe in these cool stuff and I, I love nature. So it's just, I mean, I've always loved nature because I grew up with a family that we went camping and I was a scout and, you know, you're out and out and about. But um, I would just say it's broadened my horizons and it's, it's given me more depth to my soul than I had by praying to God and Jesus. So <laughs> a fucking men to that. Yeah. And, 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 and especially, uh, and I would say too, especially because I, I talk to people on the other side. So it's like the spirit world is so different than what they teach you at church. And so that's really, that's really a cool dimension that I can learn about and learn from wonderful teachers who have passed on, who can, you know, share their messages still. So, you know, well, I think the last question, oh, maybe the last question, but we'll see. Uh, before we wrap it up is, so why did you want to write a book? Because, I mean, I've considered it multiple times, especially to start my podcast oh. career, but I just never have I seen the reason to do it. Well, I used to speak at UFO conferences and 
mind control conferences and stuff. And I remember I was at a conference and I don't think I was a speaker, but I had a booth with my products for the nonprofit. And um, this lady that I've, we don't live near each other, but we came, be, became very good friends. Anyway, she, inter, you know, we introduced ourselves and she goes, okay, when's your next story coming out? And I assumed she was talking about, cause I was, all the reports I have are based on my ex's experiences. So I said, Oh, you know, he's writing stuff all the time. She goes looking at me and she goes, no, when's your story coming out? And that was 10 to 12 years ago. And I go, I, I, I don't know. I don't have a story. She goes, yes, you do. And she's, she's very in tune. And so over the years, and you know, when you're a Mormon, here's the, one of the, one of the good things that I took with me from the church, when you're a Mormon, you're taught the importance of journaling. So I cost, I had all, and doing family history. So I had all these notes, especially about my earlier life and through several of the husbands. And I have journals that have all kinds of notes about the husbands, but, um, so I just started, you know, I'd be somewhere and I'd start writing different things. And when COVID hit, and even before COVID hit, I met up with a, like a writing coach type person. And then I just thought, I'm going to write this. I'm going to do this. And, and I did. And I, I combined the husband stuff and the, the passion stuff. And um, it, it just worked for me and it kind of, flowed together and that's why I did it. And, you know, self-publishing is not an easy road. <laughs> so, so I've heard, so I've heard. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, I just felt it was important to, to get my information out there. And, and most people that have read it have really liked it. And, you know, you might want to read it because of the husband stuff, because I've learned things by being married so many times, but you might want to just read it because of the passion stuff and the magic stuff. So there you and go. It, it, you know, it's not overly expensive. So, you know, well, there you go, folks. I mean, it's multiple worlds right in one book. That, that's yeah. perfect. That's perfect if you ask me. But, and only because we haven't talked about this at all. And I'm kind of curious because if you, I mean, I'm sure you believe in it because you believe in all this other stuff as well. But did your husband happen to, or I mean, I'm sorry, your ex happen to say anything about Bigfoot or Dogman or anything like that? He never talked about Dogman, but yes, Bigfoot, he's had some personal experiences with them and they are an alien species and they're interdimensional. And I, I remember that he saw... I don't know, probably for the first time he saw them at that 1961 conference in England. So sometimes they hire themselves out like as bodyguards or whatever, or as mercenaries, but they'll work for different other species. But yeah, they sound pretty cool to me. And I, I, I've been enough around um, several of my friends either communicate with them or have had sightings. And I've listened to people who have really cool experiences with them. I've been in New Mexico on an Apache reservation speaking at a conference and the locals there, you know, have lots of, maybe they haven't seen it in the flesh, but they've heard it. They've seen the tracks, they've seen evidence of them. So I think they're cool. Well, damn, Bigfoot is Chewbacca. <laughs> Bigfoot is Chewbacca. I knew it. I knew it. Well, oh, my God, it, Joanna has been a, Pleasure talking. Oh, thank to you. you. It's yep. been so fun. It has. I mean, this hour flew the freak by. Like I did not even realize how long it's been <laughs> until I, I see like it, I'm like, oh, it's another 20 minutes. Like I should smoke another cigarette. Yay! <laughs> but like it's just like I, it flew by, and I mean, oh my god, I feel like I could talk to you for hours about this stuff and not get tired of anything. 
what you well said. i you know there's there's again i i used to go to conferences and speak and i can't i could speak for hours and hours so <laughs> so if well, you ever want me back let me know it may have to happen it just may have to happen but right? for tonight tell our tell the listeners tell the well there's no audience currently but tell the tell the listeners that listen to the podcast version and the listeners who will watch it and the watchers who will watch it and replay i'm sure because i get a lot of replays great where can they find you? Where can they find your book? Just promote yourself to the fullest. Sure. Uh, the book, it, my website is dragonhillbooks.net. So if they want a signed copy, they can get it through that way. Or you can buy it as a, a print or ebook on Amazon and all the, all the formats, all the platforms. Um, my email is joanne, J-O-A-N-N, at midlifemagic.biz or the dragon hill books one has its own email and that's on the website so and i have i have i'm on facebook so yes yes which i tagged you in the sharing out of this video great so. great yeah so the book is written under my married name but now i'm going by my maiden name so that's why the two you know the names are different but it's more all good you. it's all good yeah more, so. pa more power to you, <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> i think so well all my listeners all my watchers you know where you can find me. I mean, if you're watching, just go to the page you're on. But you can also just listen to the outro if you don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't have to say it every time this time anymore. But though I do to I do to re-record the outro. Just realize that now. But uh, I've been honored to have Joanne on today. It's been one of the most fun conversations I've had in the show. Well, in a thank long, you. Long time. It has so, been. And. Velociraptors as extraterrestrials. Oh my freaking God. That is the <laughs> highlight of my freaking month. It's the beginning of the month. It's already my freaking highlight. And I don't even need anything else to take its place. So there you go. We but, could talk, we could talk for hours just about them alone. So maybe a future episode. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. How, we'll see how, we'll see how listenership goes for this one. Okay. I'm sure great. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trusting I'm, I'm an advertiser, right? I'm sure it's not gonna great. But <laughs> but all right, well. I'd like to thank all my listeners for listening. Thank all my watchers for watching. And be sure to come check me out live sometime. And wherever you're like wherever you're watching or listening, please like and subscribe because it really helps the cause. And Patreon coming soon, hopefully. Until next okay. time, though, we've been it's been a pleasure to entertain you. It's been a pleasure to inform you. And please come back. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks a lot. Bye. You can find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant, or you can find me as uncensored, unapologetic, and untamed UQ Podcast Collective group, Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the Instagram as at JuggaloBastard, or should I say X now? And you can find me on TikTok as at Podcast. You can also find me on YouTube as Paranormal New Normal, and you can also find me streaming on YouTube as Blind Knowledge Network, because all knowledge is blind until they admit Bigfoot exists.